You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball Players Edition. I'm Tony Gwynn alongside Ben Davis, and we have a terrific show. Obviously, the playoffs have gotten started. We are going to delve into both wildcard games. Uh, they were One was terrific, one was surprising, but we're going to get into all that here in a second. Big Time Baseball Players Edition is a part of Radio.com, which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free, anytime, anywhere. Listen to over 300 stations and over 1,100 podcasts. Explore by location or genre to find music, news, and sports from your own location or across the country. You can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. Uh, ben, listen, I think at, by this time uh, everybody knows uh, our, our backgrounds and, and, and how we are connected and, and, and such, but I think we should just jump right into it. That first game, Brewers-Nats was uh, as good of a baseball game as I saw all season long, and it wasn't even close. Uh, what was your take from that game, Ben? Well, first and foremost, it was such a clean played, cleanly played game up until the very end. You know, that one error is going to come back to haunt them. But if you look at it, I like both team strategies, right? You have, you have Scherzer, Mad Max going up against the Brew Crew, obviously missing Christian Yelich. And their attack plan against Scherzer. Get him early, try and get to him, hit the first straight one you can find. We saw Grandel do that. Um, I think I think from a game plan standpoint, it was it was perfected, right? And then you have that bring it in Strasbourg on the opposite end. I I I just I want to tip my kid. There was so much to discuss in this game, but you got to tip your <laughs> there. I'm, I'm trying not to jump around, but you got to tip your cap to Dave Martinez, the way he handled yeah. everything, bringing Strasburg in, keeping Zimmerman on the bit. Zimmerman was Ryan Zimmerman was ready to rock and roll twice. He was had a bat in his hand, helmet on. He was ready to go. It was go time twice for him. And the third time was a charm. He hits that bloop single, but we can get into that in a second. But uh, the way it was managed, I think both guys did their job. But if you're the Brewers, you have that inning unfold like it did. Michael A. Taylor getting hit or not getting hit, however you want to call it. Uh, but I think I think it hit the bat. But, hey, that's just me. I'm not the umpire. Um, to have that happen. And then the Zimmerman blooper, the great at bat by Rendon, and then the miscue in right field. To having to lose a ball game like that has to mm. be absolutely gut-wrenching. It's got to be guts racing. Now, on, on the hit by pitch, which really got the whole party started, right? I, I'm of the opinion that if you're def- trying to defend 
defend yourself by not getting hit by the ball, and it happens to hit the bat as well as body, I think you got to err on the side of of the offense offensive player in this situation. Now, it'd be different if it was one of those situations where a guy like ducks and he leaves his bat up and it clearly hits the barrel and there's no – obviously that's a foul ball, but in this situation, that ball hits so close – to his fingers and the, the 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 handle of the bat, I think because he wasn't attempting to swing, I think it's an easier call. I think people are obviously going to be on different sides of the argument. Now, the best part of this game to me was how that eighth inning unfolded, right? Craig Council has it set up perfectly. He gets he wants Hater for six outs. He has seven, eight, nine, one, two, three, if all goes perfectly, right? And you could see, to me, the thing that stood out was the difference between the guys who are young. I shouldn't even say young, but inexperienced in those spots before and the guys who weren't. You saw Michael Taylor get hit. And, and if we're being honest, he probably got saved by the hit by the pitch. That at bat was not going his way when he got hit with that pitch. Robles comes up, expands the zone, strikes out. Then you get Zimmerman coming up. Uh, the proverbial adult in the room comes comes into the comes up to the plate. See some fat, battle some good pitches, foul some good pitches off, lays off some good, gets a broken bat single. Good AB there. Then Trey Turner comes up. He expands the zone. And the whole time, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, wow, if if anybody's paying attention, you can realize that Hayter doesn't have his best command and he didn't have his best slider. Uh, during that, during that, those those twenty thirty something pitches he had to throw in that inning, and then it boils down. You get Anthony Rendon coming up to plate after he punches out Turner. Runners on first and third, and again the difference in his at bat and really Zimmerman's at bat compared to everybody's everybody else was almost night and day. Anthony Rendon comes up. This is a guy who has a chance to be the MVP this year. Could have very easily put it in his own hands. He didn't do it. He took the walk. He allowed for the young kid Soto to come up. And I promise you, BD, as soon as he took the slider down and away and kind of grabbed his cup mm-hmm. looking at the pitcher, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. he's got him. He's got him. He's got him. He, he, he knew in his mind he was able to lay off that slider in the dirt. In his mind, his confidence went through the roof exponentially. And sure enough, he gets the he gets the fastball and he laces it. Now, on the flip side, you got the young kid in the outfield uh for for the Brewers at that point. And obviously at when you're young, much like some of the Washington National hitters that came up, you want to come through for your ball club more than anything else. All the kid all that kid in right was thinking when he was charging that ball was I'm throwing this guy out at home. I'm throwing it out at home. He forgets all fundamentals, doesn't break down in the outfield, and the ball takes a funny hop and he can't recover cuz he's going full speed. And from that point on, I mean, the rest is history at that point. All three runs come around to score. Soto purposely gets into that rundown to make sure that third run comes across. And, you know, it, it, to me, it was just a, a, a clear distinction between the guys that you won in those spots and the and the guys that, you know, aren't as uh, comfortable being in those spots. And, and that's what I loved about the game because prior to that, everything, as you said, was going the Brewers' way, Ben. It was. Uh, Trent Grisham, the right fielder for the Brewers. Grisham, did Grisham he, yes. Grisham, did he have a play at home plate? Did he think he really had a, a chance? And I forget who, who pinch ran for Zimmerman. Uh, it was was a Stevenson. Stevenson, Stevenson ran for him. Yeah. 
did he really have a shot at Stevenson to uh, make sure prob- that? Probably not. Probably not. But again, when you're young, you think you can make every single play that's on the field. And, and that is uh, kind of the, I guess, the, the drawback from having a lot of young guys. Yes, Gritchum is a big part of why they got to the playoffs. But in that moment, not to say that he shouldn't be out there, but those are the risks you take when you have a young guy out there. You don't know how he's going to react when the lights are at their brightest. And you're right. I, I don't think he had a play at home at all. Stevenson can float, man. He's not a slow guy at all. And because and I know that ball was hit really hard, but still, at the end of the day, the most important run on those base pads at that point is the guy on first. Tie game, you guys get another shot at it. Exactly, exactly. But that does show. I Everyone thinks, oh, haters in the game, game over. But I've seen this Nats team play 19 games this year against yeah, the yeah. And they continue to grind every at-bat. That lineup is a lot deeper than I think what people give them credit for and what they, how they were able to do that. And listen, that's uh, it, it's just it was cool to watch. You know, it showed it, was. Their, it showed their professionalism and their attention to detail and their preparedness. Um, I just think that 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 was it was really cool to watch. And and nothing against the Brewers. It's a feel good story. I was happy they made it that far despite not having Christian Yelich. But let's be honest, did they really have a chance against the Dodgers? I don't believe so. This that that Brewers team this year isn't as strong as that Brewers team last year that went seven with the Dodgers. It's just a it's a different team. It just is, and, and they had at least some semblance of of starting pitching last year. This year, and, and Woodrow, by the way, tip your cap to the kid, Ooh, man. Wait. He was he was blowing gas in that in those four innings he went with some and, run. And, with, with some, some run. run, with some run, and the funny part was when they took him out of the game, it looked like he had tapped out, like he he had let it all hang out for oh, four innings. And when they took him out, it was like, yeah, that's that's all I got. But tip yeah. your cap to the young kid because he pitched terrific in it. But I, I, I agree with you. I don't. I didn't see them being a legitimate threat uh, to the to the to the Dodgers in a, in the next round. Yeah, exactly right. And I, I just think that with that three-headed monster and, you know, I, I'm anxious to see who's going to start game one. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be Corbin out there uh, against Walker Bueller. That's going to be quite the matchup. Uh, I Ooh. mean, that's – I love watching Walker Bueller piss. That dude is straight and nasty. And he talking about some – he reminds me like an old-time pitcher, like one of those guys like a – you know, like a, like a Lee Smith. Uh, you know, one of those guys that just come at you and they just keep coming at you and they will not take their foot off the gas. Uh, but it's going to be a great matchup out there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does go seven innings. Um, you know, the Dodgers have had really nothing to play for in how long now. So that might be something to look at. But if we know Dave Roberts like we know him, uh, I think we'll have that ball club ready to go. I got to tell you, a guy who I have a tremendous respect for, Mike Grizzle, I think might have aired on the wrong side I, I guess after the game he made some comments about I don't know if the Dodgers want to face the Nationals right now we got this momentum and it's just to me it, it, I mean I know it's a small thing and it's bulletin board material but why why even give these guys anything to to want to wake them up I mean they just be kind of going along playing baseball winning games don't give them anything to, to actually give them fuel to, to go out here. They've already lost two World Series in a row, so they're already probably pretty revved up for these this this playoff run. But to say that you don't know, we don't know if the Dodgers are ready, want to really want to face this Nationals team right now. 
Ah, I, just, I, I don't necessarily like those comments, BD. Yeah, don't poke the bear, and especially <laughs> one that's a giant grizzly bear that's ready to to pounce, because <laughs> that's exactly no, what the Dodgers are. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. And, and so, how about that? But speaking of that matchup, and we're going to get into that to that Rays A's uh, game last night. Uh, what about the call? I mean, it doesn't surprise me uh, that they're going Walker Bueller's first game. And guess what? If they win game one, it won't surprise me if they go reuse second game. Both of those guys' splits are better at home than they are on the road. So uh, I, I could totally see Kershaw going to game three. But what, what was your take on them going Walker Bueller game one? I like it. I just think he's – I know the numbers don't support it. I know Ryu led the league in ERA. I get that. But – I think you need, and you said this in one of our very first broad, uh, broadcasts or podcasts when we're, we kind of skip forward into the playoffs and, and what plays in the playoffs. You said it yourself, power Velocity, pitching plays. Yeah. yeah, it plays in the playoffs. Uh, you need that, and that's exactly what Walker Bueller, and listen, they want to win game one. That's the bottom line. They don't want to let the, the Nats continue to have that uh, build confidence and mount momentum going into game yeah. two. So if they can squash that right away, they figure Walker Buehler's the best guy to do it. I like Ryu at home. Um, and talked about a drastic change, right? You go from Buehler, you know, it's a hitter. You go from Buehler, yeah. power, 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 to Ryu is kind of like, you know, he's thumbing balls up there. He's, he's in and out. He's, made, he's just changing speeds, trying to make yourself get out. Um, I like the attack. I think it's a, it's a good game plan. I really do. All right, let's talk a little bit about the game last night. Oakland A's, Tampa Rays. Um, a Tampa Bay Rays. I got to tell you, I was surprised. I guess I'm not surprised that Tampa won. I'm surprised in how easily it seemed like they did it. I mean, how, how about the kid uh, Yandy Diaz? I mean, how strong is he? This dude is just back legging balls out of Col- out of the Coliseum to right field twice. The second one was even more impressive, I thought. But they, it, it, it's just like they 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 creep up on you, and then once you get on the field with them. You see that they got some pretty good players out there, and I know they're doing it in an unorthodox way, but nevertheless, I, I think actually yesterday was probably the most traditional you'll ever see the Tampa Rays, right? Charlie Morton, Roy Morton Jr. goes out there, pitches a gym, uh, used that playoff experience he's gained over the last few years being with the Astros, and it showed last night. He was really good, but that offense, man, they hit the three homers, uh, really kind of put – Oakland behind the eight ball and they just were ever, never able to recover. Yeah. Morton was really good. And you know, he went five innings. He threw 94 pitches in five innings. Didn't have his, his really good curveball, And that's something that he definitely needs, but he was still able to get by with that good sinker. He was throwing balls right by guys. Uh, he touched what he touched 98 at one point. It's, it's, it's amazing to me how, you know, he seems to be getting better with A's like a Justin Verlander. Um, and a lot of teams passed, on Charlie Morton and yeah. a lot of them, you know, two year deal for this guy. And it wasn't a ton of money, but the Rays gave it to him. And, and listen, you got him, uh, you, you got Snell, you got, who's the, the other kid down there, uh, glass now. I mean, yeah. this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. this is, are you talking about three headed monsters? You know, you got Verlander, Cole and Granky. We talked about the Nats. We talked about Kershaw, Rio and Bueller, but how about this three headed monster with Morton glass now and Snell? Um, we know they're apt to use the starter, quote unquote starter. But when you got these three dudes starting a game for you, you can you can ride with that for a while. But uh, you know these guys—they have guys that play all over the field. 
They had one guy last night played three different positions in the end. He played first, base, second. <laughs> yeah, it's the first did. time it's ever been done in the playoffs. Uh, versatility continues to prove huge uh, for a lot of these ball clubs that, you know, say what you want about sabermetrics or analytics, whatever. But if it helps them win ball games, and last, last night it helped them win a ball game, uh, you're going to see guys moving all over the place. And, and I won't be surprised because of those guys you named, all start all healthy now. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of went away from some of that, right? Because I think the, the objective for Tampa, the reason why they have an opener is because they don't have enough starters in 162 games to be able to get through a season. So they have, they do it really, it's not by choice they're doing it because they really have to. And now you get into a playoffs where you got more day, days off in between and, and you're going to have three quality starters I mean you put Morton in that makes them a, a pretty dangerous team if they're swinging the bats offensively like this right yeah but that kid Diaz like to your point can we just put some shoulder pads on him and let them run the football like 30 <laughs> times a game who's going to tackle him he, he does look like a running back right oh my gosh he's, it was like he looks even bigger than Puig which I didn't even think was possible possible uh, right the, yeah the ball was jumping off their bats last night um you know, talk about it. It's what's good for baseball. I think it's great for baseball because they play the game the right way. Again, they don't they do. beat themselves up. Uh, I was a little surprised to see, though, that that Oakland bench. Bob Melvin said it during the broadcast. He said, "You know, we hit the ball out of the ballpark. If we can do that, we, we might have some success." But they're just unable to. The only run they scored last night was an earn, unearned run um, off Morton. Uh, it was it worked out to him to a T. And again, I, you got to tip your cap. That's what makes. Tampa is so dangerous, right? Is that they can beat you in a bunch of different ways. Like this team wasn't, this team was, I think a, a home, a couple homers ahead or behind the Padres for the season. The Padres weren't at the top of the totem pole for home runs hit in, in the regular season. So this is Tampa is not a home run hitting team yet. They showed that kind of power. The other thing that I found to be kind of uh, interesting was how many cast offs Tampa has. Like this mm-hmm. used to be an organization that, only brought up their young talent and, and maybe took on some other young talent. They have a bunch of cast-offs uh, on that ball club. And, and I can tell you from my own experience, when you put a bunch of cast-offs together that have a chip on their shoulder, they can do some damage. And, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they showed that last night. Now, with that win, they'll advance to play the the, the juggernaut in the Astros. Now, mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard to see me see a team beating the Astros, at least in my opinion. That team is is – the team I think to beat in this whole thing, uh, at least on paper. How, how do you see that matchup kind of shaking out? Well, I know you say it's hard for them to beat and the playoffs are different, but they beat them four out of seven during the regular season. They did. They so, did. you know what? Don't think that's not in the back of the Astros' mind right now. Um, it's going to be tough with the pitching that the Astros have. Forget about their their lineup. That's it's They're getting Verlander. You know, then they're going to get Grinky or they're going to get Cole. So, you know, the first three games, it's straight hang with them. And don't forget about Wade Miley at the back end of that, too. He's been lights out all season as well. Um, but it, it's it's not going to be easy. That's the first and foremost. But I think it, the team you talk about having a chip on the shoulder, these guys, Tommy Fan, who got traded from St. Yeah. Louis, Abasel uh, yeah. Garcia from the White Sox. These guys, they want to prove that, hey, man, you gave up on me too early. And I think this is a, obviously a perfect opportunity for them to shine and and uh, see what they can do. I think I think five out of the nine guys in that lineup are cast. As you said, Garcia, you got Duffy over at third. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, Avisil Garcia, you mentioned Mortensen. I mean, uh, Darno. I mean, these guys are all really cast offs and really leading the charge of this ball club. Uh, let's go to the, on the losing side of this, the Oakland A's. They seemingly have found the formula to get to the playoffs, but they haven't found a formula to actually advance in the playoffs. And, uh, I, I know Billy Bean has been quoted as saying that his his stuff, I won't use the exact uh, words he used, doesn't work once it gets to the playoffs. But clearly, he's found a way to get guys at a cheap cost that are very talented, that can play. He finds a way to get those guys. How does, how does this team get further? What, what do you think's in store for him this offseason? I don't win 98 games. They won 97 <laughs> games this year. They won 97 games this year and they're going home. Um, there's, you think there's something inherently wrong with that? I guess that's the, the that's the problem being in the same division as the Astros. Yeah. But you know, 97 usually gets you a division title. Most of the what time. What do you just move? That's, can we move somewhere? <laughs> we got to go somewhere else. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God, what else can we do? Um, 97 wins. Uh, you can't say anything bad about it. I mean, Billy Bean has done what he said he's going to do. He got him back to the playoffs. Do they need that one just stud ace? I mean, they went out and got, uh, 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 what's his name from the Cubs? Lester, not Lester. Yeah, John Lester. They went out and got Lester a couple years ago. They went out and got Samarja a couple years ago. It just oh, yeah, doesn't, yeah, seem yeah. To, it doesn't seem to get them over That's the hump. Point. You know what I mean? So do they get somebody even better than those two? I don't know, but maybe they just need more than one guy. Uh, I don't know, but whatever concoction they're mixing out there, it's working to get them to the promised land, but they just can't stay in the promised land. You know what I mean? So (laughs) uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. Billy Bean, I guess you just got to say, hang with them because 97 wins. You got to tip your cap to that man uh, for putting this, Establishing that, I mean, they're better than any other team in baseball, really. I mean, yeah. sans the yeah. sans the, the Astros and the Yankees for that part. So um, I don't know. It, it's a tough situation to be in. Geography is not their friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Hey, everybody, Cody Decker here from Swings and Misses, the Radio.com Sports Original, here to talk to you about 4hims.com. 4hims.com is your one stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. And you know what? I'm 32, and I've been taking hymns for three weeks now. Baseball did everything it could to take my hairline away from me, whether it was just wearing a helmet, wearing a hat, or my managers just not playing me. My hair was going away. And I'm 32 years old, and I don't want to be part of this statistic anymore. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best versions of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help you regrow your hair. 4Hims connects you to real doctors online. Get the hair loss treatment everybody's talking about, featured in GQ, Men's Health, Playboy, just to name a few. Not to mention, I talk about it every day on our Radio.com original Swings and Misses. Go to 4Hims.com slash swings. That's 4Hims, F-O-R-A. H-I-M-S dot com slash swings. All right, let's 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 go over these uh, NLDS matchups. We kind of went over the Dodgers-Nationals. Uh, we went over Tampa-Houston. Uh, you got the Yankees-Twins, which I think is a very good matchup. And you got Cardinals-Braves. Cardinals-Braves, Nationals-Dodgers tonight. Um, who's your favorite underdog out of these four matchups? <sighs> I'm going to say... 
Can you even consider the Twins an underdog still? No, <laughs> no, I can't. I, I just, I don't know if the Twins just have, I don't just, I just don't see them have enough pitching. I really don't. Yeah. Odorizzi's decent. Um, I like Odorizzi, but, you know, with with the exception of that, I don't know about their bullpen. Um, I just think the Yankees bats are just going to be way too dominant for them um, until they run into the Astros. The, the, Ast- the, the, the Cardinals, they intrigue me a little bit, but conversely, we talked about the, Twins not having the starting pitching. I don't know if the Cardinals have the hitting. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I think they have. They're starting Miles Michaelis tonight, which I think is a mistake. You got to start Jack. You, you Flaherty. think it's Flaherty? Okay. You got to okay. start Flaherty. I'm sorry, this guy's been so good the last three months of the season. Whereas he's going to he's going to get some Cy Young votes. Michaelis is good. I get that, but just look at the numbers. Flaherty has been so much better. I think he'd be really the guy to step up to the occasion. We'll see if, if they prove me wrong, but I think Flaherty's well, we, your guy. We do know that the first questionable decision as far as starting a pitcher was probably Sean Manaya over Mike Fires, uh, and that didn't seem to work. Two they years gonna, in a row. Two years in a row. So they're going to go with with Michaelis this time. Let's see how that – I, I kind of agree with you. Jack Flaherty, as hot as he's throwing the ball, why not throw – he's been the best pitcher in baseball second yes. half of the season. And it's yes. not even close. Yes. Uh, and a guy that can put guys away, you talk about the power aspect of it. He's a workhorse. He can get you deep in the ball games. He can throw a few extra pitches. He's a younger kid, and he's got that mentality. He's got that it factor. Um, and I think that's, you know what, they're going to need all, they, all the bullets they can muster against this Braves lineup with Acuna at the top and then Albies and Freeman and Donaldson. Um, it's, it's going to be, a, it's, I think it's going to be a better series than we think. Ultimately, I see the Braves walking away with it. I do too. Who, 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 out of these four series, which ones do you think go five? I'd say the Braves. Uh, I don't That's a good question. I, I, I don't see, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Twins and the Yankees just see who can out, out slog each other. Go um, five, and yeah. just to pitch, get the pitching. The pitching for the Yankees isn't all that great either from the starting end. Bullpen's a different story. But if they can get in that bullpen and maybe test them out a little bit, get them worn down in a five-game series, he just might have enough to to go through that bullpen. But it's going to be awful tough. Um, I, I would say I don't think the Braves series is going to Braves Cardinals series is going to go five, and I definitely don't think the Rays and Astros series will go five. Yeah, I, I think the Dodgers and Nats go five. I, I really yeah, do. I think that I team. They got they although they're coming in with momentum. I think the Dodgers will will come away with the series, but it won't be a surprise to me at all to see the Nationals push the Dodgers five games. They did it what two three years ago. Uh, they went five. Kenley Jansen, Kershaw had to pitch late in the game in that game five a, a few years back. So it won't surprise me at all. Those teams are, are match up with each other pretty well uh, during the regular season. I think the Dodgers won the the season series against the Nats, but uh, I expect that that series goes five. And, and as you said, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, that Twins-Yankees. I hope that we get that slugfest that we're all hoping that series is because uh, that would be a fun series to watch. What Going from Minnesota to Yankee Stadium, it's certainly a possibility that these teams put up stupid amount of runs during this series for sure. Let's yeah, it, it, can you imagine though if we, if we right before we uh, you, you get in another topic? Can you imagine if it's Dodgers Yankees? 
what the oh ratings would be. Oh for my that. god! And, and guess and guess what? We'll actually get to see them in their regular uniforms this time, as opposed to this players' weekend madness we got earlier in the season. Valid, valid point. Valid point. <laughs> let's move. Let's move into some regular or some off season stuff. I don't know if you just saw this come across your phone, but the Mets have decided to let go of Mickey Callaway. They've relieved him of his duties after two seasons. And uh, BD, I, I can't say that I'm surprised. I mean, uh, this team, they made a whole bunch of moves during the offseason to try to make this team better. I think most of us thought, even when they made those moves, that they weren't going to be in it. As a matter of fact, they made the trade for Stroman at the break, and everybody's question marks were popping up on their head, like, what is going on? They end up going on a run, which made it look a lot better. But I think overall, this team underachieved. You know what, Tony, you said the, the magic words right there. The team didn't perform. Yeah, I, I'm sick and tired of these managers being the fall guy, being the scapegoat, being the lame duck guy that, you know, upper management says, oh, it's his fault. No, when did we ever put any onus on the player anymore? It's like the players get off scot-free. You know, yeah. because it's, 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 there's always a fall guy. Oh, oh, Mickey Calloway didn't do the right job. Gabe Kapler didn't do the right job. Um, you know, Joe Madden didn't do the right job. Listen, it's not their fault. Do they do they make decisions that win a ball game from time to time? Yes. Do they make decisions that lose a ball game? Yes, from time to time. But the bottom line, if your guys don't perform or, or you weren't given the right performers, yeah. then what is the manager supposed to do? We well, saw Gabe Kapler here make lineup after lineup, right? And he just didn't have the horses to win the race. So right. everyone's saying it's Gabe Kapler's fault. Well, no, it's not Gabe Kapler's fault. They had multiple injuries that happened. Um, there were you know guys just underperformed. And that's the bottom line. Mickey Callaway wasn't planning on Edwin Diaz blowing the save after save. <laughs> Going he from the best plan- closer in the world to the worst closer in the world. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't planning on um, Robinson Cano getting hurt time and time again. You know, I mean, the bottom line is it's not their fault. They can only write the lineup and let the, you know, put their team in the best position to win. Uh, They just, maybe they're just not freaking good enough. Maybe that's it. Maybe their team, maybe their players just aren't freaking good enough. I'm just so sick and tired of these managers being the fall guy. I am. I'm I'm sick of it. I'm just, you know what? It's just, I think. I think more so because it's it's in here in Philadelphia, and I hear it every day. What's happening with Kevin? What's, happening, what's going on here? It's like, I'm just, it's not their fault. Quit blaming the manager all the time. Blame the damn players. Yeah, listen, I, I think the reality, you first of all, you're 100% right. At the end of the day, players don't perform. Uh, a lot of the team is not going to do well. And therefore, there has to be someone to blame. That's just, the, the reality is it's a lot easier to find managers than it is to find talent and the and because of that there's always going to be a scapegoat because you're not going to be able to every other year or even every single year be able to you know reconstruct your roster from the 25 from 1 to 25 every year or every other year even so uh, they got to find a scapegoat and listen when you, you got you got ownership you got the GM and then you got the manager he's the lowest on the total pole closest to the player so uh that's just the way it is whether it's definitely not fair especially out here in san diego andy green for the first time this year for the first time in his uh, tenure as manager here in san diego was given some talent it didn't work out 
And because of it, that he ends up being the first manager to go this year. Can you honestly say that other than this year? And he, listen, you also have to take into account where you're at. The Padres are in the Dodgers division. It's you, you're competing with that as with Philly. They're in Atlanta's division as well as the Nationals division. So all of that plays a part in it. It's definitely unfair, but it is a true reality. And it's not just in baseball. It's in every sports. Teams are always going to be willing to point the finger at the manager rather than the players. And that's because it's harder to find talented players than it is to find a manager. And unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. All right, here in a minute, we will uh, bring on somebody I consider damn near a, a second father and, and a teammate of mine, a teammate of Ben's, and that's Hall of Famer Trevor Offham. He's going to join us here shortly. But first, hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you can get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our website address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are honored, and I mean honored, to bring on our first ever Hall of Fame guest, devastating closer Trevor Hoffman, whose 601 career saves ranked second all-time. Trevor was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame as part of the class of 2018, and he now does work with the San Diego Padres. Trevor Hoffman, thanks for coming on with us. Fellas, I appreciate you having me on. It's a pleasure to join you this morning. You know, Hoffie, uh, being a teammate of yours, and I was actually very fortunate to catch your 300th save. Um, it was in San Diego. I remember that. It was a wonderful night. And I'm thinking, man, this dude just got 300 saves. <laughs> Not many people can say that, let alone 601 <laughs> saves. Did you ever think you'd double that at the time? I had no clue that that was going to be honest. I was worried about getting an opportunity for 301 and opportunity the next time. But uh it brings it does bring back a fond memory and a, and a bit of a sad memory too because uh, the late Mike Dar caught that ball uh, in right field and he almost flipped it up in the stands in the time I was collecting the baseballs as I went along and so don't throw that in the stands and he kind of hung on to it and got back in line but uh, bittersweet it was it was obviously a great milestone but uh, uh, one that was great to share with uh, with all you guys. Hoffie, I had the pleasure last year of joining you um, to Cooperstown. Uh, it was unbelievable for for myself growing up in the clubhouse, watching you go through your, your career. Uh, what was the induction like for you? I know uh, it, it was a pretty special moment for you and your family. Yeah, it was awesome having you there, man. And uh, I know it, and I'm sure it brought back some, some really cool memories of your pops going in and just being able to take it in in, in this capacity for you. Um, things slow down in, in, a, in a way, but, and that's kind of how the last two years have gone. The, you know, the induction year was super crazy and running all over Cooperstown and 
um, the, the stress of getting behind the podium and looking out at thousands <laughs> of people, um, but also excited to give, you know, the message and the, and the thanks and the love to so many folks along the way that had an impact in your career. And, and then the following year to kind of ultimately sit back and, and take a big deep breath and laugh at everyone else is going through it. Right, so that, that right. part of it, uh, uh, you know, you're never going to get that moment back. I mean, induction weekend is something special. It's, it's stressful, but it's something you look, look forward to as an opportunity. And, um, there's very few things in life that meet expectations and that, that certainly exceeded it. You know, Hoffie, over the last so many years, we're watching a lot of relievers come into the, into the game and they're just, you know, blowing the doors off, right? These guys come up and they're, they're great. And I mean, really, really great for three, four years. And then they get hurt and you never see them again. I want to talk about Trevor Hoffman, the guy that was able to last the longevity of Trevor Hoffman, the preparedness, the the miles that you would run in the outfield with your with your doctor t-shirt on out there, that blue t-shirt. <laughs> he always <laughs> the scrubs that he wore to run. Um, but you talk about longevity. You were able to sustain it. The relievers I'm seeing nowadays, they can't sustain it. And what do you attribute that to? Is it, it guys throwing a hundred and just maxing out their bodies? Or or is it just a lack of work ethic? I don't know if it, the, 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 the scrub was foreshadowing for me being a scrub. <laughs> I'm like, hey, maybe I should have worn something different. But uh, no, I, I appreciate that uh, compliment. I'll be honest with you. I, I would have a hard time pitching in this era. And I say that because of the 3D box that goes up in front of the home plate. Mm, and yeah. the stuff that has to be presented uh, within that strike zone. I mean, I see – guys looking up like they're squaring up their catcher it's right on the black the, the box comes up you see where it passes through even from a 3d standpoint it might not touch it the umpires know exactly where that's at they call it a ball the hitters now have a great understanding of their strike zone and they let it go and spit on it and it's a ball that being said you would you would see the ability of of pitchers in our era that Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be bullish. I'm going to go back out to that spot. I'm going to try and get that umpire to give me that call. If that batter says a little something that he doesn't like, Hey, I can go right back out there. I can maybe walk mm-hmm. it off late a little bit. And so there was that, that, that opportunity to expand the strike zone. I, I did have success partly because I expanded the strike zone front to back rather than east to west or yeah. up and down. And so right. that's where the change up did kind of come into play. But, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, I never wanted to, I, I was a worker bee. I kind of felt like part of my preparedness had to come from feeling like I outwork people. And so, you know, running was a big part of my program. Like you mentioned, part of that is because it just, it loosens up the body. It gets rid of some lactic acid. It, 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 it just allowed me to find out where I was at on a daily basis. And it clears your mind. Um, nowadays there's, there's scientific data that says that doesn't really train your body particularly for what you do as a pitcher, but I'm still old school. And I, I, I know that it helps. Um, and no, no one out showered yeah. you either. You only had about 20 <laughs> showers a day. <laughs> uh, you know, we were in a drought in California too. I mean, it wasn't very, very conservationist. So. <laughs> You know, that all stemmed from being a dumbass in the deep in Del Mar and diving for a ball and hurt my arm. And I needed to kind of warm it up every night. So it was kind of self-inflicted problems. I heard that. <laughs> Trav, Trav what, what's, what's your thoughts? I mean, listen, uh, 129 guys in Major League Baseball hit 20 home runs or more this year. Uh, 
I, I, you're not going to convince me that there's not, I'm not saying the ball's juice, but there's something different in how the ball is constructed because balls are going out at a, at a, at a record setting pace, uh, according to the numbers this year. Uh, and, and this is blowing even the, the so-called steroid era out of the water. What do you think pitchers are feeling? I'm sure there's got to be some frustration uh, around the league from, from the pitcher standpoint, right? <laughs> You've touched on a lot there. Um, I personally think there might be a conspiracy theory in that, and so that we're able to get out of that era and like, hey, you know, we've got it all cleaned up, and yet homers are still happening. So that's a that's a much bigger bigger topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We, back to the construction of the baseball. If you unravel baseball like we did when we were ten years old, so we get into that little core bouncy bounce thing. You know, from what I understand from somebody in the game, that thing is not a rubber bouncy ball. It's like almost a cork, like super hard. And so that will act as more a bigger projectile. Um, and the third thing for me, or four, third and four, third, the, again, the, the sphere of the baseball doesn't seem to have as much drag. They're saying that coefficient is what it is. The fourth thing, we're not seeing as many broken bats. I saw yeah. Zimmerman's bat explode yesterday for the first time, and I don't know how long. I didn't, you're not seeing these bats whipping through the the infield or projectiles at, at, the, at the other hitters or other players and so i think the bats are harder i think the balls are harder and they're going further so um whatever you know it is what it is everyone's having to play with it but i think that's attributing to why we've had so many homers coffee there's lots of guys that uh you just absolutely owned but there were a few hitters that had your number uh can you remember anyone in particular that really just had your number and you just couldn't figure out how to get them out the kids sitting next to you, 2,600 miles away from <laughs> I didn't have enough at-bats to be considered in that category. <laughs> no, you know what? You, you unfortunately don't remember the guys that you got out a little more frequently, but uh, the guys that you couldn't get out definitely stuck with you. And, um, you know, Todd Helton was a guy. And, and ding, Colorado. ding, ding. Oh, he seemed to come up in a big situation and, you know, fortunately, I maybe had a couple extra runs to work with, but that sucker got his hits and drove in runs and, you know, provided a lot of nightmares for me. And, you know, I was very fortunate to have a, a statue put up in Petco and they faced me towards Anthony's dad, Tony. And I'm telling you what, I'm not, I'm not going to get him out the rest of time. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in that boat as well. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just part of matchups in the game. You, you, there's certain guys you get comfortable facing. There's certain guys... Um, you, you certainly get comfortable hitting against it's something, you know, you just see something that other people don't, uh, your timing's right, no matter what they throw. And, um, you, you know, those, you know, those guys. And so you work around them if you can. Well, a couple of things before we let you go, get out of here. A couple of real kind of stories I have for you too. Um, Ben, before you arrived, Trevor was the, the best bot on the team, right? He always had his mm -hmm. shirt off. And I found it hilarious when you showed up with your, with your four leaf clover tattoo and, you were the guy that always had your shirt off other than Trevor. And it was probably the first, <laughs> it was probably the only time where I felt like, man, Trevor, you don't have the best bot in the room no more, man. It's BD. Nah, he still had it. <laughs> I was just always hot. T Tony, I was always hot. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I was always, you know, I just always had stuff on. You I guys was, uh, were the shirt just... off kings. <laughs> well you know what it's it wasn't by intent i was it was hey, you know you it was know, just for yeah i was i was always it hot. was before the mlb dash cam or whatever it is where they peek in on, on the video and no one would know but now you can't you got to cover it up so. <laughs> that's true that's true 
Uh, Hoffy, you got uh, how how are the boys doing? Tracy, everybody's doing good out there. I appreciate. It. You know what? We've we've truly hit um, empty nest stage. All three mm. are out. They're finishing up. Brody's on the eight eight nine year plan, trying to get through and uh, <laughs> play baseball and and go to school. And they're they're somewhat on schedule, but uh, we're having a blast. We uh, we really enjoy one you know, one another's time. Um, we know how to get out of each other's hair. It's, it's funny, I know, and you'll, your listeners will get a kick out of it. Even you guys will get a kick out. Homeland is a is a show that I think is brand new, and I'm, and Brad Osmus laughed at me the other day and said, "Dude, that's like 15 years old. What's wrong?" With you? <laughs> like, you know, the rock you're living in. But, uh, <laughs> we have to watch it together. She got tired of me watching Sports Center and you know all the other things that are on television. She goes, "Can we do something together? Can we watch a show?" And, so I'm binge watching at two in the morning. It's great, man. It's it's something I need to be doing. <laughs> That's Listen, awesome. That's wait, awesome. Before, wait, well, I got one more thing before I get. And I've told Trevor this. Uh, I've told Trevor this a couple times. Uh, I, I remember in, in his his first year with the Brewers, um, I had some issues with my shoulder. I get sent down, and uh, he comes down for a rehab start and uh, trying to get himself ready to, to during the regular season. We're in. I think it's Memphis. I'm sitting out there. I'm kind of in my own head right now. I'm trying to find my way back uh, on a big league roster. And I she sat down next to me and I was having a good season after being designated. And he, and he, I remember him sitting down telling me, it's like, you know what, T uh, I'm proud of what you're doing right now. You could have, you could have easily packed it in, folded it away and, and, and pouted about it, but you didn't. And, and that, and I told you this before, Joe, that meant so much to me. Uh, and it would eventually propel me back to the big leagues and I would have my best season as a big leaguer. And I, as I've told you before, I want to thank you uh, for those kind words because they really meant a lot. Uh, I appreciate it, but it was all you, man. You come from a, an amazing family. Your mother and father stood for amazing things that your grandparents set forth and your uncles. And, you know, that's, that's just what you guys are about. It's your fabric. And, you know, sometimes you never know where that message is going to come that, that hits you between the eyes and, uh, you certainly always had it inside of you, and you, you're just searching a little bit. And, you know, it's all you that gets the credit for, you know, turning it around a bit and, and, and continuing going because you did. You you finished a great career, and, you know, I couldn't be more proud of the person that you've turned out to be, let alone the, the, the player. I mean, the way you're raising your daughters, your family, it's just, uh, I don't know, man. You're just doing a great job. I, I love you. I love you too, brother. Appreciate it. Well, I would echo that. Not a better teammate in the world than Trevor Hoppin. I wish we had some more years to play together. But uh, I know you got some stuff to do, Trevor, and uh, you got to get down to the ballpark. But we really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, Trevor Hoffman, Hall of Famer, class of 2018. Uh, Hoffy, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Hoppy. Guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Look forward to this. Do it again when I got a little more time. I apologize. Absolutely. No worries. All right, we'll see you. That does it for this episode of Big Time Baseball Players Edition, presented by Radio.com. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. You can also find it on Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next time, Tony Gwynn Jr., Ben Davis, we'll see you. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports.